So the um, the important thing to know is that um, content is king, um, and it's the thing that does get overlooked all the time. The three questions I get asked the most is which social media channel should I be using? Should I be using LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube, Instagram? The other big one nowadays is TikTok. What's TikTok? How should I be using it? Should I be using it? This is the thing we get asked the most is which of these social media channels should I be using? The, um, the next one is when's the best time to post? Is it one o'clock? Is it three o'clock? Um, we can cover this in other sessions to be honest but um it doesn't really matter at the end of the day the algorithms kind of help you out with that nowadays and then also how much should i be posting should i be posting every day do i post once a week i don't want to feel like i'm bombarding people but i also want to get my message out there so where would that work as well so yeah those are the three questions we get asked all the time which social media channel should I be using? When's the best time to post? And how often should I be posting? Um, and the, the, the answer to all those, to be honest, is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter any, to any of those questions. What does matter is what have you got to post? And that is the thing that everybody overlooks all the time. They go straight into which social media channel should, be, should I be on? Where are my target audience? I'm going to go there how many you know i've got to be posting all the time how many times should i be posting it doesn't matter that the question is that that always gets overlooked is what have you got to put in the first place and content is king which is why we're kind of doing this session specifically on it because it is the thing that gets overlooked so much and unless you're able to create the content kind of almost naturally which we'll get onto um it doesn't matter, to be honest. It's what you don't want to do is become a slave to the platform and kind of let your uh, schedule dictate your content, which we'll come on to. But that's the kind of first thing to say about it, is that content is so important to this. These social media channels are very demanding. And if you're creating content almost just to keep them happy, then you're not, you're not going about it the right way, to be honest. So... If you think about it, posting on social media is easy. Uh, it's actually why we don't um, we don't actually teach people how to post on social media in, in terms of like actually posting. So click here, type words in, upload a photo, click post because you know that that is the easy bit. And if you think about it, posting on social media is very easy to do. The hard bit is knowing what to put and creating that content in the first place. That is the hard part to this. Um, as I said, putting in a few words, uploading a photo or a video, and then clicking post or tweet or publish, whatever it might be. That's fairly easy to do, and that takes you probably about 30 seconds. The hard bit is having that image in the first place to upload or knowing what to write. That's, that's the bit that takes your time. And often that we find is people will just be kind of staring at a blank screen, not knowing what to put, really struggling to think of things. And so that's why the creation of the content it's so key and like I said, does get overlooked all the time. So there's three types of posts basically, uh, just to kind of break it down so people can um, help you kind of work through it. So the one we'll be spending most time on today is around images and photos. That it is the thing that gets most shared on social media. Um, it's the thing that you'll probably all share the most if you are starting to create your own social media, um, is that you'll be, um, you'll be sharing these things because 
it's the it is probably the easier one to create and it's the one that can help you get your message across so there's images and photos there's also videos um so i know mick's on the call today so he'll he'll back me up on this one videos are great um they're really really important to share you know the social media channels love the videos people love consuming the videos so it's a it's a really good thing to get into the, the note about the videos is to um where possible upload them directly to the social media channel so sometimes this might not be possible because you don't actually have the original video you just have the um, like the link because you might be sharing someone else's video so that's fine you know there's nothing wrong with doing that but a, a mistake we often see is someone's had a video done or they've created a video themselves they then upload that video onto youtube which is fine if that's a good thing to do but you then share the youtube link on all the other social media channels now with with all these sorts of things they won't stop you posting it but it's not really the best thing to do mainly because all these social media channels are basically in competition with each other for your attention and although facebook won't stop you sharing a youtube link it doesn't really like you doing it because google and facebook are probably the two biggest competitors in this kind of digital world and they don't want you to they don't want you as an individual user to click on a youtube link because then you end up on YouTube and then they just want you to keep that they're worried you're not going to come back basically so you'll you'll notice this with YouTube videos there's often like an autoplay for the next video or they're trying to keep you on the platform and all the social media channels they're always trying to do this they're all fighting for your attention um, and the founder of Netflix one of his quotes in an interview once was his three big his three biggest competitors were YouTube Facebook and sleep because he knows a lot of people watch Netflix before they go to bed and he'd rather you just stayed awake and watch more because the more you watch, the more you consume, the more ads, you know, the more data and ads and stuff and all that sort of thing. So it, it's worth bearing in mind where possible, try and upload the videos directly. It can be a bit of a pain because you feel like, okay, I've got to upload the video directly to Facebook, directly to Instagram or directly to LinkedIn, directly to Twitter, directly to YouTube. But at the moment, that is the better way to do it. And then share those videos just on those platforms. It, you know, if you're going to, um, if you want to kind of try and get most out of it. Um, like I said, don't take that as a kind of you're not allowed to share links thing. It's not, it's not that at all. But just be mindful of that. If you, if you have got the video that you've created yourself, it is a good thing to share it, you know, directly to Facebook and directly onto, onto LinkedIn and things. So just bear that in mind. And then the third type of post that you can put out there is, I always contradict myself here, but is then links to other websites. So it might be a link back to your website. You might share a news article from the BBC. It's got something to do with what um, the services or products that you offer. Uh, so you can share links to other websites. Now it's slightly different in this. The social media channels don't want you kind of leaving their platform because on the whole, most of them have their own web browsers. So if you, if you use any of the social media channels on your phone, so say if you're on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn, and you click on a web link, you don't, it doesn't take you to Google or Safari or anything like that. It takes you to, um, you, there's a basically like a web browser within, it takes you to a web browser within Facebook. Because then if you click back, you then end up going back to Facebook or back to LinkedIn. So, you know, there's a little bit of difference there. The, the key to it all is to always look to share some sort of image, some, have some visual aspect to your posts. So you can see what we're going to be really focusing on is that there's the images and photos, but 
whenever you share an image or a photo on Facebook or a video or even a link to a website, it does feature or kind of come with some sort of visual aspect to that post. So um, obviously the photo or the image gets shown. If you're sharing a video, then that will get shown um, as the kind of thumbnail or the preview of the video. And you'll also have like a preview to the website as well. So um, it's a really, really important thing to, to think about nowadays is to think about how you can always share some sort of graphic. Um, but there's a, there's a term that a friend of mine uses a lot, which is thumb stopping content. So if you think about how fast people are flicking through your, your feed on social media, you're not going to read something that's just a block of text. The thing that grabs your attention immediately is that Hi, are those photos. Sorry, I was waiting to come in. Hello. Yes. Yes. Hello. Sorry. Um, so what we're going to do is, um, so if you think about how fast people are um, flowing through the content, you've got to have that image or that video to, um, to grab people's attention. And so thumb stopping content is, is quite a good term that we often look to use. So if you think about it in that terms, like always try and have some sort of visual content to the, to the um, post that you're putting on social media. So the main part of the, the session today is looking at images and photos and the types of things that you can do to, um, to share these across. Um, and the three kind of main types of images and photos that we tend to use that you might think about using, we're going to kind of go through. And this is where I'm going to invite Matt in and he can kind of give us some of his de design advice, tips, things that we see in terms of uh, the different things you can sort to do. So the first one, and to be honest with everybody, I felt a bit guilty or bad or worried about put mentioning stock image anywhere near a graphic designer, which Matt is, because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something sometimes that they might not always think much of. But um, in terms of stock imagery, that this is something that you would probably look to use. Um, for some of you, you might not have the capabilities to go out and pay for photography or, you know, take a lot of photos for yourself. So using stock imagery is, is something that you may look to use. But uh, Matt, this is your point. You know, do you just want to share some your thoughts, ideas, tips on like how you can use stock imagery? Yeah, so... Um... I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with stock images as a designer. Um, I think, you know, um, you can find, you can find, um, oh, sorry, I've crashed now. Um, so we're, we're signed up to Adobe Stock. Adobe Stock gets you um, 40 images. I think that's about 20 to 30 pound a month. Um, it, it is always nice to create these images from scratch. As I was saying, as a designer, it's always something that I look to do is create it from scratch. Um, but you know, people just don't have the time for this really. Um, so stock images is, is definitely a way to, uh, find basically any image you want. Um, and then you can use it on social media. So it's, I'd recommend if you've got a business, um, I definitely recommend signing up to a stock website. Um, and yeah, you can just download any resources when you, when you need to. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think at the moment, Matt, so some of them have got, like, or they do have free trials, don't they, with some of these things? Yeah, I so think you Adobe Stock, you get have a go, have a go and have a look around. I think, I think you get 10, 10 images on Adobe Stock. That's probably the best one. I mean, we use Adobe software anyway, so it makes sense for us to use that. But you've got iStock, um, Shutterstock, and all these, I think you get about 10 to 20 images to start with. And then obviously you have to sign up for a monthly fee after that. Yeah. 
so yeah we, we would use those things we've got a couple of links that we'll share in the email that we send out later on as well there are a couple of free versions of these things so um there's like pixabay and a few others that we'll share links to where you can, you can get these sorts of things from the um i think the thing as well with the stock images that we kind of want to give you the advice on how fun is then you, you can kind of take the images and almost personalize them a bit so uh, we we've done it before for clients where we may put a kind of little of a board around it or bring it to their own branding in and stuff Matt, have you got do you want to just share a couple of tips and maybe if they do want to like add a little bit of text to these images just being aware of like the color contrast on background yeah yeah so um the main thing is one thing i always think is, is people seem to try and throw their logo into the the post um but you don't need to necessarily do this you know your logo is is going to be on your profile picture anyway so you don't have to pull this into the actual image itself i think rich pointed this out earlier you know try and keep the images fairly simple your text can actually go alongside the image so that can be put in the post anyway so you don't have to cram all the text into the into the image that you're putting in the post just try and keep things simple use contrast colors you know um I seen someone the other day using grey text on a dark background, things like that. Just never, never do anything like that. You know, you want high contrast colours here, so white on a dark background, um, or dark on a on a light background. Just really trying to grab people's attention when they're scrolling through the newsfeed. So, and another thing is to keep space as well. You know, you want a bit of padding around the image. Never put text too close to the sides. Always keep a bit of space. Put your content in the middle. Nice big bold text. Um, I think what you've got to remember is people are going to be scrolling through the newsfeed on the mobile phones they're, they're probably going to be going quite fast um so you just want something to grab their attention really yeah and i think something that we see a lot of as well we will contradict ourselves momentarily with the next point but like matt said just try and keep it simple and be aware of this 20 percent text rule <laughs> so this kind of comes into play more when you're doing ads uh because it will actually penalize you for this a bit but even with organic posts when you're sharing on the social media the social media channels don't really like it if there's too much text on the images so the mistake that we often see is you know it might be that you've got an event that you're promoting and um you would you've got the leaflet that you've had created for the event and people will take a photo of that leaflet and then share that photo on social media you know and that you think there'll be a lot of text on there you're better off kind of almost taking it apart and finding an image that represents the event and then put any text that you want in the in the post itself. There may be a few things that you do want to add in the image, maybe like a phone number or an email address. But like Matt said, really keep it quite basic and it's um, and simple. And it's almost similar to posts themselves. What we try and recommend to people is don't try and put too much in one post. And that kind of carries through into don't try and put too much on one image, actually. Because, you know, if you've got two or three things that you want to say, that's two or three posts. And just yeah. schedule those out over two or three, four days and find an image that kind of best reflects or represents what you're trying to talk about. So that would be one of the things we would say with those kind of stock images is, you know, there, there's some great ones out there. As I said, we'll, we'll share some of the free ones that we kind of point people towards. But at the moment, like we said, I know there's um, I know a few of them, the paid ones do give you a free trial. So it's worth maybe downloading sermon and having that as your kind of um like kind of template 
um, file of images that you that you take that you've got to use and just don't be afraid to kind of tweak them up a bit maybe yeah put a little bit of your own word in across them or as I said possibly your logo but as Matt rightly said you know don't be too worried yeah. about that because whenever you share something on social media your your name and your image your logo is going to be kind of accompanied I think in the post so, if you've, yeah, got, if you've got a clear you know quite often you have a, a transparent PNG I'm not sure if all of you are aware of what that is but if your logo's got a clear background a transparent transparent background and then if that that's likely to sit on the image quite nicely um it's just to avoid quite often you see people chucking logos onto their posts and it's still got sort of a square white background on the logo that sits on top of the image and it, it just sort of it, it doesn't look very nice you know you want to you want it to look professional so if you've got a logo with a transparent background then it's likely that that will sit on top of the image quite nicely so um you just got to remember about the colors as well if you've got if you've got an image in the background with with the a lot going on then maybe posting your logo on top of that might not sit too well um so again it's just trying to think about keeping things clear as possible really yeah so the the next one i said i did warn you we were going to contradict ourselves now would be around <laughs> sharing kind of testimonials or quotes or the, or the meme type thing so this does work very well certainly as businesses it is a good way to get your testimonials across it's quite hard to share testimonials on social media if you've had nice reviews uh, left for you on google or on facebook or ones that you've received you maybe have them listed on your website it's quite hard to actually convey those in social media you could put the testimony itself in the post and just share a of a kind of like a thumbs up sort of stock image photo but one of the ways you can do it is then look at, look to create an image which is text and i did say we contradict ourselves so sometimes the 20 percent text rule you just yeah. gotta ignore it don't worry about it just accept that it might not be great for the social media channel all we'd say is just don't only do that maybe mix it up a bit i think and one so, thing to remember is keep it keep the testimonial short and sweet as well yeah and don't don't put a huge paragraph of a testimonial on there in an image if, if people wanted to stop and read that they'd go to your website or google reviews so try and keep the testimonial you know to two three lines tops really because as I said earlier, people are going to be scrolling through the news feeds quite fast and they're not going to stop and read a huge paragraph. So just keep it nice and sweet, short and sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just be aware of that. And, and the, the other point as well with this is, again, just think about the background. So if you're sharing text on an image, if you've got white text or black text and you've got quite a good, yeah. vibrant image, then like Matt said, is that kind of contrast again might come through. So, Matt, have you got any of those kind of top tips of how people yeah, might kind of get, same, away, get around that issue? It's the same as before, really. I mean, for quotes, I'd recommend just keeping a solid background and using white or black text on top of it or your brand colors, that's another thing, you know, you really want to be putting your, your brand um, into your social media posts. So if you've got brand colors, um, obviously ours is the, the, the blue color, but actually we're bringing in more vibrant colors now. So you want people to sort of, if they're scrolling down the newsfeed and they see your colors or they see your fonts, you want them to instantly recognize it. It's you that's posted it. We sort of want to embed your brand into their memory. So every time they see those colors or or that font they know it's come from your your company 
Yeah, and I think um, what, what I found in, you know, having worked with Matt now for nearly two years is that I used to think, right, I've got to try and think of something like really clever here. How can I have some really <laughs> clever, funky, like get, the, get an image where the wording sits and kind of place it here and place it there. And then you hear someone like Matt talk, who's obviously really, really skilled and got great experience on this. And they're just like, keep it simple. Just have like a white, just have like a, yeah. just keep it really simple. And actually you realize then that, you know, you're sometimes possibly overthinking it. Yeah. or if you don't have you know if you're if you are using things like canva which we will come on to in this course or you create these kind of quotes yourself don't try and make it something that you know you can't basically mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to go like right back to basics and keep it really mm-hmm. really kind of simple because he like matt said you'll really be able to get the colors through um he mentioned about the kind of vibrant colors that qbd are trying to use at the moment you know those are the things that we've brought in when we've been advertising these courses and these slides that we're sharing today so you can even see with this you know you can matt's kind of you know practicing what he preaches really with this even look at the slide that's currently on screen you know it's 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 simple but it's branded and it's consistent yeah that has a bigger punch to it than trying to be to like too fancy the key things are your brand font. I mean, a lot of people won't have a brand font, but if you don't, maybe look into getting yourself one and images and colours. They're, they're the main things, really. Um, colours and fonts, especially if you're using bold, big text on your images, you know, they're the key things that people are going to pick up on as they're looking at your posts. Um, so, yeah, just, just keep using your brand colours. Keep using your, your brand fonts, really. And that kind of brings us on nicely to our third point, which is around kind of infographics and stats. So this is one that we'll often kind of work with clients or recommend that people do. So you might start sharing some stats about things about your business, about, you know, uh, the percentage of people that recommend your services or, you know, how much you save money, how much you save to client money or, you know, certain things like that. Or you might share industry stats um, that are relevant to what you do and kind of back up some of the messages that you're putting out there. So again, it comes back to those kind of brand colors and fonts yeah. is, is having that set to kind of build it through. Matt, I know you've got some thoughts on kind of... Yeah, I mean, in, infographics always quite difficult, to be honest. Again, if you, if you sign up to things like Adobe Stock, you can get a lot of infographics off, off, off these stock websites, but obviously they're not very easy to edit. Quite often what a lot of people do um, is they use things like you've got PowerPoint and Publisher, these sort of free tools that everyone has really. Um, you can build infographics in there. Um, but again, try not to use the default styles. Bring your brand colors into it. Bring your brand fonts into it. Even better, if you are creating some quite detailed infographics, you know, if you do have a graphic designer at hand, that is always the best way to go for infographics just because they're a little bit more technical, there's a bit more going on. It's, it's not so easy to edit yourself really. Yeah, and I'd say something that almost we've fallen foul off with this. So I was really keen for QBD to start sharing like a load of industry stats and a load of infographic things about what we do. And I was guilty of it to start with was around trying to put too much in the, in the yeah. you know, I wanted the icon and the percentage and then the kind of short paragraph which explains what the percentage is and what the icon kind of means. And yeah, like Matt was saying, he was just like, hold on a minute, let's strip this right back. You know, let's just have maybe the icon and the percentage and then everything else you can explain it in the post above or keep it really basic. What you've got to remember is the thing you're shouting about is the stat itself, isn't it? People aren't bothered what that stat looks like. So just keep it simple and use your brand colors and really, you know, Use a bold font. Make the make the stat big. If you're just shouting about, you know, forty percent increased traffic or something, make the forty massive. That's the important part. Really grab people's attention. 
Yeah. yeah and, and if you, if you take that thing of thumb stopping content again, that's what you want people to yeah, see. Exactly. So don't forget how quickly people are, are, are flying through their news feeds, you know, and they're not really ever going to pick everything up. So you just want them to see that, you know, you've got a very short time to kind of grab their attention to kind of really make it punchy. Um, and I know one of the things we always say, so we've mentioned a bit about kind of brand colors, maybe a, a, like a font for your business and all these sorts of things. Uh, if you kind of have got it already or you're kind of not sure what that might be, you obviously can take a lead off the logo that you have already. But if you do want some advice on that or some guidance on the sort of things you should do, then you know that, that's the sort of stuff we can help with. So you can book that kind of follow-up one-to-one with me and we can give you that little bit of guidance of how you might start to kind of build that up and where you might start to look to kind of like nail down what your brand colors are and what your brand fonts are but usually you know most of you have a website you can kind of take your lead from there but it i, th- I think probably the 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 key message throughout all of this is when when you are sharing images and um photos on social media don't be afraid to kind of edit it have a go create it because there are some great tools out there but you know don't try and kind of like be too clever with it keep it simple but keep it kind of really on your on your brand colors and brand guidelines which like i said we can kind of help give you some guidance on if if you need it so the um the other part to it that we were going to cover is so size does matter with these things and to be honest with you this is the bane of my life so we schedule a lot of social media content not just for ourselves but for our clients and in an ideal world um all, so Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram all have a uh, an ideal image size, which is slightly different, and it's really annoying. So we've had to do things like, so if we've gone and created an infographic for somebody that does say, you know, like 40%, blah, 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 whatever it might be, we've actually had to create that in four different sizes because we want it to be optimized to have its best chance of looking good on the Uh, on the platform the reason why you would do this is because if you just shared a kind of normal image or if it was an image that wasn't to the social media's liking uh, in the kind of preview or how it how it um, presents it in the newsfeed it will just crop it and it will choose how it crops it so you will kind of lose almost ownership of it and it might just crop the middle or whatever it might be so that's something that we've always really tried to do it's it's annoying um that they're these different sizes but it's something to bear in mind again but um i used to kind of create four of them and then when i started working with matt i know matt you managed to come up with a bit of a clever yeah sort of find a bit of a loophole so this this is purely just a guide really um you can find exact dimensions for each each platform on their own websites but um so we we use two sizes um so i think facebook do we post on facebook instagram LinkedIn and Twitter, don't we? They're, they're yeah. the four main, yeah, the main four. Yeah. So for Facebook and Instagram, uh, we use square images, you know, just a one-to-one ratio. Um, and then for Twitter and LinkedIn, they both use landscape images. Um, so essentially, we've just got a square one and a landscape one, and they fit all four uh, platforms. So LinkedIn and Twitter, they do have technically different dimensions, but you can get away with just using a landscape image that, that fits both. Yeah, so I mean, this was when Matt figured this out. Really, it was a godsend to me, to be honest, because it was like, great, we don't have to do four. I mean, we do have stuff to do two, but it's better than four. So we would create that infographic stat again, say for example, in a square size, and then we would share that on Facebook and Instagram because it works well on those platforms. 
and then the yeah, like the the more kind of rectangular landscape one we would create and that would be for for twitter and linkedin so it, it's it is something to bear in mind and it might be that it's difficult you know you, it might put you off thinking that you've got to keep editing these sizes all the time so what i'd probably recommend is that you think about which of the social media channels is almost like your priority and then kind of create the content for that one um Facebook is probably the most flexible in terms of you can share quite different, you can throw quite random sizes at Facebook and it is quite good at figuring out what you're trying to do and, and, and present it well. Instagram, it's got to be square, otherwise it just won't let you go anywhere near it. So that's probably the most demanding of them. And then, like I said, Twitter and LinkedIn, the difficulty there is that you're kind of at the mercy of the crop and it might just crop it off. Um, we do see that if you're posting directly to, to LinkedIn, it will allow you to, to almost put whatever image size you want, and it will kind of show the image. But if you're scheduling your post to LinkedIn, then it's not as kind of forgiving, and it will kind of crop you off. So think about those things. It is worth bearing in mind. Um, if you do, yeah, if you do want those ratio sizes, we're happy to share them with you. Just get in touch with us at the end. Or, um, but yeah, but think about if you're primarily sharing on Facebook and Instagram, you want to start thinking in a kind of square size. And if you're, fa if you're LinkedIn and Twitter, think of it more as landscape. And we've started to do this when we're maybe taking photos to show on our own social media or we've helped clients with their own. That If they're mainly a Facebook and, link, uh, Facebook and Instagram type business, they, the photo they even take on their phone is square knowing that it's going to go on those platforms so you can kind of start from there whereas if we're going to be sharing stuff on twitter and linkedin and we're taking a photo we'd automatically take it landscape because we know that'll kind of work well on those platforms so sometimes just have like um start with the end in mind almost i think okay this is an image that's going to go on facebook and instagram so i'm gonna take it as a square photo on my phone so i can just get the ratio and the proportions and the thirds right or this is going on twitter and linkedin so i am going to take it landscape this video that i'm going to do i'm going to take landscape because i know that this is where it's been going to go to so that can kind of help you a little bit as well with that the other part to this that we just wanted to cover because it can be quite important is around um, like your profile picture and the cover image of any of your social media channels. And the key to this is to make sure they're consistent. Um, I'll start, we'll start with cover photos for the cover image first. So this is like the banner that sits at the top of your social media profiles. Um, I often describe this as almost like a window into your business. So you may share an image or a photo that gives people a good representation about who you are and what you do. Um, you might, edit that image and put some text on it and maybe use it as more of a kind of advertising banner to say you know different services or offer that you might have on you don't have to change these very often um, i'd probably recommend you change them quarterly maybe i wouldn't worry about it too much it's more about branding it can obviously be in line with maybe one of the images the big images that you've got uh, on your website as well to maintain that consistent consistency but the key is to kind of have that consistency across all the social media channels. Now, the fun thing with this is if you think the image size for a normal post on social media is different, you want to check out the cover image ones. So Facebook's quite nice. Twitter's all right. Um, not many people would see those. So it's not so much of an image, not so much of an issue. The LinkedIn ones are really random. They are like a letterbox. So it is quite hard to find an image that might kind of 
carry across and go go well across all these different ones so just have a think about that as well the, the cover image it's right to have that consistency and like i said maybe have it as like a window into your business that that can work quite well mm. don't put too much text in there either that's the main thing you know it's, it's completely fine just just putting a, a photo in there you know just yeah. a photo that represents your business um maybe with a bit of your own brand colors on that's completely fine yeah, we, we found out that yeah, the, the more text you put in these things, the harder it is then to think, is it going to fit in all these different things and are they going to crop it out? So yeah, like Matt said, the how's, it, keep it how's it going to look on mobile and tablet as well? That's another big issue. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good point. I've, I've actually, I'll be guilty, I've been caught out with that recently. On, if you've created an event on Facebook, you know, it can sometimes do that as well. So it's worth bearing yeah. those in mind. With the profile pictures then, um, again it's it's key to have that consistency and the thing that we always recommend with this is that a lot of logos maybe when they're initially created are probably more like landscape because you'll have your you'll have the name of the business in it and what we see a lot is don't kind of worry too much about trying to squeeze your business name in your logo on social media because no one's going to see it it's going to be so tiny on the screen and the name of your business is always going to be next to that picture on any social media channel that you have. So you can just have the logo or just the symbol. Um, and the other thing that we, we've seen, and some people that follow me on social media will kind of know this trick that we do, is we sometimes just have our face, our, our picture, as the profile picture, because we do want to come across as, as human beings on social media and not just like a business. So it's those sort of things to bear in mind, but to have that consistency again, but just don't worry about trying to squeeze the, the, the wording of your, your company in your logo. You don't really need to worry about that sometimes. Um, but Matt, I know you'll say like, it's key of that have just making sure it's really clear and crisp again, isn't it? Yeah. The way you've covered it. Exactly. Um, if you've got an icon or something you can use for your business, then yeah, just, just chuck that and don't, don't use the full logo because you're not going to see it. Um, again, if you've got, if you've got a high res logo, that's going to look much better. Um, far too often we see companies with low res logos. And I think it just straight away, as soon as the person visits your, your profile, it's going to take that professionalism away. They're not going to trust you as much because you're not even able to put a high res logo in your profile. So if you, if you, if you know the designer that's done your logo and um, request a high, high res version and get that added into your profile. Yeah. Yeah, and it does make a big difference nowadays. I think you can't underestimate, you know, a lot of the assumptions and a lot of kind of first impressions that people would make when looking at your website and looking at your social media. And with these types of things, it, it, it just take that little bit of time just to kind of fine tune these things. And individually, it might not feel like it's making a big difference. But if you did that on all your social media platforms, so you made sure that your profile image is high res on all the ones that you use, and you've got a good cover photo that's consistent, and then that ties in with your uh, brand guidelines, and then the images that you start sharing on social media all kind of match in. After a while, you can really start to appreciate how it looks. The, um, the, the platform we think kind of showcases this best. And if you did want to get a kind of a quick snapshot of what your kind of visual presence is on social media, is if you do have an Instagram profile, look at that because it has that kind of grid format and very quickly you can see on the screen your logo, that little bit of wording about your business and then probably the most recent six or nine images. And that will give you a good clue how consistent you are with your branding. And so that, that's probably the best snapshot you can look at and think, oh, okay. And we, we've done this a bit with, with clients where we do their branding and we 
represent them on social media is we'll actually use that as our our template to check you know are we posting too much of the same thing because you do want variety but it does have to be consistent um you know is it is it looking good you know is, is there a good flow to this content instagram's probably the best for that to give you that kind of snapshot of where your social media is at so um, there's a few tools that we always like to share that we love kind of using that we kind of recommend to people use. Um, obviously, Matt um, <laughs> uses a few more kind of fancy dancy things than this sometimes with the work that he does. But things that we like to recommend that people are doing if you're looking to manage your own social media yourself, uh, these are the types of things that we always kind of point you in the direction of. Uh, we will put these links in the email that we'll send you um, along with the slides today as well. Um, but you can use things like Pixabay. Um, so this is this royalty-free image image place. Um, as Matt said, there's the the better sites like Shutterstock and Adobe. Those are the better ones to use because the the options, the you know the variety of images they get are, are better. Um, but maybe go go to them first and have your free trial. But places like Pixabay, there's also um, uh, Unsplash and Pexels. These are three. They, they're good. You know they they are good for starter box. When I first started working for myself in 2000, 2016. I didn't have any kind of imagery of my own. I couldn't afford a photographer to take some. So I did lean on these quite heavily. Um, and they can work. Just be aware that, you know, if you're using, if you find something on Pixabay, you think, well, that's a really good image. The chances are other people are using it as well. That's where slightly editing it might come in handy. You might just put a little board around it or you might put a little bit of your own information on it. You can just personalize that stock image and kind of make it look a bit more of yours just to help you stand out a bit because other people unfortunately will be using these kind of stock images uh, we've mentioned it a bit we never kind of tend to give kind of proper live demos on this sort of stuff but canva's a really good tool i know that so matt would use illustrator and i would use things like photoshop but canva can be really good because what it will do is it will give you those image sizes so we talked about the importance of having the right size image for the different social media channels go into canva it's free to use it will tell you the you know the optimum size for a facebook cover image and the optimum size for an instagram post and even if you just use it for that it's pretty good um, but what a lot of people do when we run kind of longer training courses we we kind of talk them through this they'll go and find an image on pixabay download it upload it into canva crop it maybe put a bit of overlay text or put that quote on that they want to share download it from Canva and then upload it into social media. So you're kind of bouncing the thing up and down, but you can start to combine these tools quite well and it can just help you with creating the kind of right size of images. So when people are scrolling through their feeds, it really does look quite strong. Um, and then the final one that we, um, we pointed people in the direction of it is one called Picture Chart. So it's similar to Canva, uh, but it is more based on infographics. So like Matt was saying, you know, don't just, if you're using things like uh, PowerPoint or uh, Publisher, don't just go straight for their kind of clip art stocky icons. Uh, Picture Chart's quite a cool one. Uh, like Canva, it's free to use to a point. Uh, you can go in, you can have a look, you can create you know, graphics and pie charts and graphs that really look quite visually strong. It enables you to edit the colors. So again, you can make sure that your, um, that your brand colors are coming through and your brand fonts are strong. You can download those as JPEGs or PNG files and then share those on social media again. So those are the three tools that we, we tend to kind of recommend. And something that's kind of coming as an underlying thread to all these sessions at the moment is, you know, because we are in lockdown, people, you know, on the whole, probably have a little bit more time to consider their marketing or to look at these things. 
you know, just go and have a go. We kind of always say that you're not going to break it. So have a look at Pixabay, download some images, upload them into Canva or have a go with PictureChart and just kind of see how you go on. There's loads of things out there. If you are getting stuck and you don't quite know how to add the text or add an extra logo or um, edit things on PictureChart, you know, all these, all these platforms are really, really user-friendly and they've got some great how-to guides as well to kind of take you through it step-by-step. Step. Or there's usually a YouTube video that just kind of will show you how to do it as well. So don't be afraid to look at these sorts of things. But as we've said throughout this uh, session today, we're on hand as well. If you do need just a little bit of guidance or a little bit of advice on how you might do things, just get in touch with me. We're always happy to point you in the right direction. But take a look at those things, give it a go, kind of see how you get on. Um, and hopefully you can start to um, take kind of ownership and create some really good content for your social media that you share regularly. And then it really starts to help get that kind of brand across. And then people won't even have to necessarily read your post. They'll just, they'll just kind of be skimming through and they'll see it and they'll get that. They'll know it's you basically because of that consistency of brand. So in summary, we said we always like to leave a few minutes at the end for questions, but content is king. So content is really, really important with this. Uh, um, it's don't let the schedule dictate your content, make the content dictate your schedule. So, um, you know, look to what you can create. We're, we're having a lot of conversations at the moment with people said about, should I be doing more videos or, you know, should I be doing this or should I be doing that? Only create the content that you kind of feel comfortable that you're going to be able to create on a regular basis. So if video is not really your thing and you don't really feel very confident doing it, either speak to Mick or don't worry about it, to be honest, because you don't want to feel like you're kind of a slave to these platforms all the time. Um, an example, actually, I forgot to share earlier around this in terms of how content is demanding. So uh, ages ago, we did a little bit of training with a financial advisor kind of service uh, in Birmingham. And they'd gone through that work where they were saying, um, okay, we've identified our target market and we'll go for a younger demographic and by and large, roughly speaking, younger people are on Instagram. So therefore, we're going to use Instagram, speak to these people. And from a marketing strategy point of view, that kind of makes sense. They've identified a target market. They feel that the majority of them are Instagram. They're going to start using Instagram to reach these people. Kind of makes sense. But then I asked them, what are you going to put? Like, how, how are you going to be able to create this content? Because, you know, it's, it's got to be a square image or like a square little video up to six, uh, 60 seconds long. Unless, you, unless you've got a lot of content that you're going to be able to create naturally on an ongoing basis, it's not going to be worth it. You know, I'm a huge advocate of social media, but it's not that, it, it won't be that good. You'll spend so much time creating images you, you'll never see the return on investment back. So as well as identifying the platforms, because that's where your target audience is, your ability to create the content almost like naturally comes, comes into play. And the example I gave and the kind of counter example that I always give to that is a friend of mine's a florist um, based just at the road from me in Bromsgrove. She's a florist. And she said to me, Rich, which social media channel should I use? It's just like Instagram. Don't worry about the rest of them. Just do Instagram you compare her ability to create content for Instagram compared to the financial advisors. So um, Anna, she works in a, she's got like obviously a studio where she works, where she creates all these flower arrangements. She could take her phone, spin around 10 times, take 10 photos in 10 different directions, and she'd have 10 photos for Instagram. 
And if you're posting three or four times a week, that's almost a month's worth of content there. You compare her ability to create content for Instagram compared to the financial advisor. And that's the thing really that we're trying to get across with this session as well is that be honest with yourself. How easy is it, or is it for you to create content for that platform? And if it's going to mean you're going too far out your way too often, probably not going to be worth it. So just be realistic about that. Um, and that's why content is king to this. And don't overlook that when you're thinking about which social media channel should you use and how much, should you, how much you should be posting. So do also utilize those great tools out there that we've gone through, kind of do have a go with it, um, see what you can do. So we're on hand to give you any more advice uh, if you want to. And kind of as we've been saying, be consistent and also consistent with your branding. Identify some fonts, get some colors, you know, really lock down and you can use that as your bench, your base point to create these things. If you're not quite sure what your brand colors or fonts or guidelines should be or even what they are, then you can get in touch with us and we can help you do that. But that's that sort of thing again of just, just start with that base and then build from there. And then as you, as you grow into it, you'll find it a lot easier to create these kind of infographic stats or kind of different images and things on social media because you'll have that base.